Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. So we are so happy that you are here. And let me introduce you to our special guest of the hour, Tasha Sixfooter, the poet Turner 
who is a native of Oakland, California, and a lifelong Bay Area resident. She's a mother and, hold on, guys, a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh, <laughs> <Tasha's>, no. <laughs> that's why I said, hold on. <laughs> Tasha's poetry is a beautiful blend of passion, resilience, and a bold wordsmithing, often speaking on subjects others may find challenging or uncomfortable to address at times. But on stage, she, she interweaves both sincerity and burnability, one of my favorite words, burnability by using her everyday life experiences as the foundation for her message to allowing herself the opportunity to make as many personal connections with her audience as possible. Let's all, if you're on the stage, open your mic and let's welcome Tasha Six Footer the Poet to Breakfast with Champions. Six Footer! Welcome! Welcome! Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. That's how we do it here, Six Footer. We want to welcome you. And I perfect, I purposely left certain things out of your bio because I want you to share with us first why do we call you Six Footer the Poet? Welcome to Breakfast with Champions. Well, thank you for having me. Um, good afternoon to everyone here. Um, thank you, Trust. You know, I love you for um, introducing me to this beautiful group of people. Um, they call me Six Footer because I, I um, used to hate being the fact that I was taller than everybody. Uh, I grew up and, you know, in school, you'd stare. I, everybody knew where to stand. You know how you do the pictures and everything like that. I just knew always to go stand in the back with the tall dudes because I was always taller than everybody. So I used to hate my height. And I got into a point in my life where I've owned everything that I used to hate and be insecure about. So instead of people um, talking about my height as in making me feel small because uh, I still wear stilettos, six inch heels and everything, um, I now own it. So that's how they introduced me. Uh, six footer. Yeah, that, that's how they call me. They call me six. So I just own it. So you can't use it against me. <laughs> Absolutely love it, six footer. Um, I love your name. Now, at, in reading your bio, you talk about being lost in the world as a young girl. Can you share with Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Club what you're comfortable telling us about that exact journey? Um, growing up, uh, we struggled a lot and I know everybody has their different struggles, um, with different things that they have had to encounter with growing up. Um, but there was a lot of different things that I had to encounter that made me feel very, very small. Um, as far as being molested um, my mother having to work very hard with her having three kids and no help and from living house to house to hotel to hotel, car to car, that type of situation. Um, I kind of walked straight into poetry. Well, I'll take that back. Poetry found me. Uh, I've used it as an outlet to get a lot of the thoughts and my insecurities out so that I didn't, cause I didn't feel like I had anybody to talk to. So after listening to Maya Angelou, it kind of opened up my world to understand that I could actually just write this out and nobody has to hear it or anything like that. I can just get my thoughts out. I feel better once I get it out. So 
And it's kind of like just being lost growing up in Oakland and struggling with the fact of my mother being a chain smoker, all types of uh, uh, different things that I try to be there for a lot of our youth today for. Well, we certainly hear that during that time that you certainly found your inspiration through Maya Angelou. And, you know, we kind of look at a lot of people that are listening and that are with us who probably can relate to that is that when we find these dark hours where we find these places where we can't talk to people, sometimes the most beautiful talent, the most beautiful passion and purpose is birthed. And you certainly are a story that resembles that. So share with us a little bit about how this relationship with poetry developed. I know you specifically talked about it in fifth grade. So I'd love to hear your journey, right? Because when we see someone like you that has such talent and that can command the stages, you know, we're always curious. We pull back the curtain to see what made her be that purpose of, be that person of purpose and passion. So talk to us a little bit about that journey from fifth grade to, to where you are now. We'd love to hear your story. Sure. Um, I will say this. Um, like in the fifth grade, very correct about that. I uh, There was a, a contest in my classroom where we had to write about how we felt. And, you know, everybody had their opportunity and we were all writing poetry for a book that was going to get published. And whoever won, they would win the money and their uh, their poems would be published into the book. So for me, I, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to do this because I that's when I got introduced to Maya Angelou. And I, I won two of my poems, got published, and my mother needed the money. So we won. I gave my mother the money. It was $500. But at that age, you know, it's a lot, you know? And I kind of like just started writing from that point on moving forward. I was horrible in English completely horrible in English, but any time that the teacher ever came to us and said, go ahead, um, pick a book that you want, and you can write a book on there and do the story about it, I always picked the poem. I always picked the poetry book, and I always went straight for Maya Angelou. It was just something about her that resonated with my soul. Later on to find out her background and her story just made me feel even more connected to her. Um, as I continue to move forward, Throughout the rest of my years, I have books galore. And I'm thinking about publishing those as well because I have boxes of poems that I've written over the years. And like my aunt, it was my godmother. She used to always just give me books because she was the only one that really knew what I was doing when I would be in a corner by myself. And I would just write out poems. And that's just how I dealt with life, uh, uh, along with going to church. So those were my two sanctuaries. And so as I continued to write, I, I just I just developed a different side of me to where my best friends, nobody knew that's what I actually did or that I had books or I had them in my phone, things like that. I'd have random moments where I would just write down lines. And it was just, for me, it honestly was just my place of peace. Then it became the fact of, I realized after the first time I actually hit a stage I take that back. I've done them for funerals and like different things like that growing up. I did one when my brother passed away and I did I couldn't actually get up there and read it. So I just put it in his casket 
And I've done that to the closest men that have left me. My grandfather left me at five. My brother left me at 15. And then the man that I called my father left me at 18. And each one of them, I have a piece specifically for them because they were the ones who made me feel special. Um, I didn't grow up with my father. So these was my outlet. And um, when I got older, I just wrote a piece for a competition. And when I wrote the piece for the competition, I didn't know I was going to win. I was already hitting open mics and doing all these different things like that. But I was doing it as an outlet. And I really just resonated with it even more when my mother got sick and went into the hospital from being a chain smoker. And I just really just needed to hit mics to get the stuff off my chest. And I didn't know that that was healing for others. And as I continued to speak out my pain, it ended up becoming my passion and connecting and resonating with other people along the way. And the first time I actually hit one, um, I did a poem about my mother being in the hospital, crying on the ice, tossing and turning. And when I got done with that piece, as I walked out the uh, venue, a guy walked up to me and said, thank you. I am here with my best friend tonight and he doesn't even know that today is that year anniversary of my mother's passing and I want to let you know that I am praying with you. He prayed with me literally right outside of a club because he actually understood my pain. And from that point on, as I continued to write out what I was going through, more and more people came to me and said that resonated with me i needed to hear that tonight thank you for saying those words thank even the joking poems that i have people would come up to me you you touched me and i'll be like really and it kind of really threw me off you never know how much your passion or being transparent actually connects with other people or the fact that other people need to know that they're not the only one going through things like that and it's sometimes it's hard to talk to people that you are that you know or that close to you, or think they know you very well. And to hear somebody else say those exact same words of exactly how you're feeling in that moment is a whole nother story. And that's really what poetry has done for me. And I have always wanted to help other people. I used to be a 911 dispatcher. I used to always want to help other people, but I have found a different level of peace, being able to actually come one-on-one on one with different people, being able to go inside these schools and talk to these children, keeping them away from tobacco, just giving them another voice and like colleges and different things like that, being able to be there for my community and actually letting people know that they're not the only ones that go through certain things and being able to touch them in a special way. Poetry has saved me and I, I have to say I've helped save a lot of other people. So that's been my journey. <laughs> that is a beautiful journey. Six foot uh, first on behalf of Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Club, I'd like to say we are so sorry for your loss, uh, just first and foremost. I want you to know that your mother is smiling at you from heaven at the beautiful woman that you are and the words that you speak on her behalf. And we appreciate that. And I'm appreciative of you personally, as you, you know, gave such a riveting poetry rendition to my son in the Breakfast of Champions room just a couple of weeks ago. And I, I'm just in awe. And guys, before I ask her this next question, she's going to uh, give us a little piece of her journey in just a little bit. I asked 
ask all of you to ping at least one or two friends in this room because you don't want to miss the words that she speaks. You see, Six Footer is not just a spoken word artist. She's a motivational speaker. She's an actress. She's a host. God has given her gifts that it is unspeakable just to hear it out of her mouth. And I want every person on this platform to be able to hear it. So thank you. So I must ask um, this Six Footer, you just talked about some of the inspiration you had. You talked about Maya Angelou. You talked about your mom and other spaces that um, you have uh, talked about. So what has actually been the driving force for you to kind of take the spoken word that you do and leap into being an actress as well? What has been the driving force for that? Art. I absolutely positively love art, everything that has to do with art. Growing up, I, 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 I took classes, um, acting classes. Um, I did in college. I, I, acting, dance, music. I play the violin. I love art, anything that has to do with art. And I believe that uh, this world is created on art. The way that we get dressed, the way that we do our hair, the way that we brush our teeth, everything that we do is a form of art, even your your drive home. Like if you ever just look at it, it's a piece of artwork. Like everything to me has to do with art. So when it comes down to acting, I, I don't know if you, okay, you know, I, I hit the stage and when I hit the stage with my poetry, I go into a whole nother person. So it's for me, it's transforming. I'm able to transform and be somebody else. I don't have to just live in this one space. There's so many dimensions to who I am as a person, being able to bring them out on the stage or even talking on, on TV, anything that I can do to be able to just resonate with someone else. It's just fun. It really is a passion of mine, just being able to just step into different characters, be exactly what I need to be in that moment. You know, I don't always have to be Tasha the mom. I don't always have to be six foot of the poet. I can be so many different things. And that's, I believe that we all are. And I believe that we can be. And I just, it's something in me that I just want to show different levels to who I am because I'm not just one just not one dimension. Like it's it for me it's so much more. And I and I try to show that to my kids. You know, it's it's something special to me when, when a person is able to transform. I call it transformation. <laughs> Absolutely. I love your spirit. Don't you love her, Dr. Janie? I certainly love that energy. And I also love when I just hear that someone is embodying and they're walking out their purpose and their passion and creativity and that you know that there's no limits you're like i'll do some acting i'll do some hosting motivational speaking and uh you mentioned your kids so that kind of piqued my my ears what do your kids think about about mom i'm always interested um just as a psychotherapist when we have children that connection especially because they do get the beauty and not everyone gets this experience six footer and this is the experience i'm referring to so watching their mom live out her purpose Right. I think one of the best gifts that we can give our children besides our time and our true attention and presence is for them to see us as parents living our life. Right. Because there's so many people that I work with and their motivation is to not be like their parents. So to hear you walking in your purpose and to have your children be a part of that. I'm just wondering, what do they think about all this? <laughs> My daughter loves it. I will tell you this. I 
one of the commercials that I did, I did it while I was like five months pregnant. Um, I performed my entire pregnancy up to nine months. I, then I finally came out and told everybody I was pregnant with my daughter. She's now three years old. Um, she absolutely positively loves it. When I'm able to show her the videos on my phone or when I was on um, the news, I was on CBS News, I was able to, she was like, my mommy's on TV. She started freaking out. Like, it was so amazing. So my kids absolutely love it. And then my son, he just, he, he just, he's in awe. He loves the fact that his mom is doing something like I'll tell them I have to go to poetry and they're like, okay. And they're okay with that. And when I have to go practice and when I need my me time to write, they understand, but see, my kids are also a part of everything that I do. I don't leave them out. So even when down to working out, my daughter works out with me in the mornings. So she's a part of my routine. So my kids are like, they're able to engage with a lot of stuff that I do. And even with me going to the schools, a lot of the youth events, my kids are able to see. They're able to see other people doing different things. Like at my son, he has Williams syndrome and he just, he connects with um, music. So a lot of these events that I do, they may have music. So he goes and gets, he's able to be a part of um, the speakers and the uh, the DJ of the event. So he engages in that. My daughter, she just, wherever mommy going, I'm going. And she's just riding out. She's here for it all to the point where she now has her own karaoke machine, microphone, and walks around the house singing and dancing all day long and makes me sing her tunes because Mommy Finger is like her favorite song right now. But uh, <laughs> the Five Finger Family song. <laughs> but I just, I mean, my kids, they, they're so, I think they're used to this world that I live in. And wait, okay, yeah, they love it. Oh, <laughs> that is so special. And I agree with Dr. Janie, just having your children on board and you being the um, amazing mom you are brings such a blessing as a family. So could you share with us just one of your riveting spoken word pieces at this moment? Are you there, Six Footer? Oh, I'm talking and I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Sure, no problem. Um, I said, oh, okay, I will, I'll share a piece, the, um, the poem that uh, I wrote for the commercial, the, the commercial I did while I was pregnant with her, because I've done a couple of them, but um, I guess you can hear her in the background. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Delightful. Okay. Um, it's called No to Tobacco. Uh, this letter is for Menthol CEO. The inventor, the brains, the doctor of tobacco. Thank you. Thank you for taking my mother away from me. Thank you for diminishing her time with me. Thank you for creating this cancer-causing, lung-collapsing, aging in a box of a disease. Thank you. No, you did not physically kill her, but you killed my time with her. For you created this disease, this cancer in a stick that caused her to get hooked to it. So, thank you. Thank you, Menthol CEO, the inventor, the brains, the doctor of tobacco. See, as a child, I didn't understand why my mother would rather stand outside with a cigarette in her hand instead of inside with me playing Candyland. See, my mother always had a smoke in her hand instead of holding my hand, so thank you. How could you say that tobacco doesn't kill? All so that you can gain a dollar bill. How could you say that tobacco doesn't kill? 
And then you're not caring because you say that it is our food. But in my neighborhood, I seem to find more billboards targeting my kind. And to me, that is a sign because there are 10 times more signs targeting my kind. And how can you not see this unless you are legally blind? But I, I can see quite fine. I see that you, you are trying to kill off my kind. See, my mother's lungs are clear. And by the grace of God, she is still here. After two strokes and two heart attacks, I have you to thank for that. See, my mother will never be the same. But I will love her either way. So now I must speak up. Now we must say no thank you, menthol CEO, the inventor, the brains, the doctor of tobacco. Because tobacco kills. It kills about 1,300 people a day. The most preventable death in an expensive way. Targeting our teens at an alarming rate. Killing off their dreams and giving them an early expiration date. So to the brains, the doctors, and menthol CEO, I will continue to educate and speak up for my people. And we say no to tobacco because tobacco can kill you. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And you said you did that campaign for... Um, we did that for the fight um, out here trying to get tobacco, flavored tobacco banned close to school. So first we started off with 100 feet within a school. Um, then we got it down to 50 feet within a school. So flavored tobacco out here in California, in the Bay Area right now, um, we're actually getting rid of off flavors in the state of California, but in the Bay Area, I know there's probably one city that you can go to that you may be able to find a flavored tobacco because flavored tobacco is targeting our youth and they have it closer to the schools, especially um, the schools where more minorities are at located. So, you know, San Francisco, Oakland, Basically, the entire Bay Area down to L.A. has been the fight. Um, yes. So that was the campaign against Big Tobacco right now, fighting against Senate Bill. Oh, I can't remember. 293, I think it is. But um, yes. That was amazing. Thank you so very much. And, you know, we're just excited to know that you're using your voice to make a difference, especially for children and trying to change the trajectory of tobacco being in their future. So we appreciate you. And you, you've had such amazing opportunities as well to not only do this campaign, but you opened for the amazing singer Faith Evans. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How was that for you? That was amazing. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. That was amazing. I have a picture of her holding my daughter, her and Stevie J. That right there, I I will that's that was so special to me. And for her to tell me that she 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 heard me open, right? So she told me she was like, Oh yeah, you were the one that did the ball. You did really good. I really love your work. And I, for her to tell me that, I was over here like on cloud a thousand for like the next till today um <laughs> i have been excited ever since um i've opened up for faith evans i've opened up for brandy i've opened up for the oakland a's i i've done a lot I, but the faith evans i'm sorry that was probably my favorite <laughs> just meeting her one-on-one -on -one, i being able to have a conversation that in itself was just 
and then my kids being able to see them and it's just my kids are able to be a part of all of this oh i'm gonna bring a tear to my eye the fact that i'm able to do that for my 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 kids is really big for me and the crowd was huge and it was just being able to touch so many hearts at one time it just it's amazing and to be honest with you being able to be up on the stage and set a what's on my heart and to resonate with so many people it takes away that lonely feeling that i felt for so many years for people to be able to just hear my words and be able to make a stamp and for people to remember me and I, I've always wanted to leave an imprint on this earth. I don't want to just exist while I'm here. I want to make a difference in some way, shape, or form. And to be able to do certain things and open certain doors for certain poets and so many different people along the way, I, I, it's amazing. I don't know how to explain that besides the fact that I feel completely blessed to be in the position that I am in. Well, we certainly hear your heart and your passion and light certainly attracts light. So I'm sure Faith Evans was just as honored and blessed to have you open for her and being able to use your voice and, and in such a passionate way. And, and I just love the fact that you just used your spoken word and was educating us around the harms because we know for sure that when when we look at how our kids are a target, because once you get them, right, train them and you get them into a certain level of an addictive pattern, then you potentially have a client for life. So we know that there is harm in our marketing that targets our children and to have voices to be able to not only share their story, but to educate is such um, a, such a gift. And we are so honored to have that gift with us today. And I'm also interested for your, for um, to hear a little bit more because you did honor her in your uh, spoken word a little bit about your mom when you reflect on who she was and all the lessons that that you've learned that you embody not only as a mother but you take forward as you continue to inspire and educate through your through your gift i'd love to hear a little bit about who your mom was she and i speak of her in a present tense because she still lives in my heart is the most beautiful woman that i have ever met we bumped heads like crazy when I was growing up. I was so rebellious. Um, they say the most rebellious child is the one that actually, you know, can actually succeed and stand on their own, though. <laughs> but we, I mean, my mom was a fighter. And I, she fought, oh my goodness, she fought to the last breath. <sighs> so my mom was my rock. She is and will always be. She has been my driving force ever since. I've always wanted to make my mother proud. My mother was the first African-American female. And I don't know if you guys even know what these candies is, but um, out here, I don't know how far they stretch. <laughs> but she was the first African-American female manager for their company when they first started. The fact that my mom was the first... I gotta give it to her. She stood 6'2". She was built like a brick house. This woman had a lot. You know, she she she's amazing spirit and soul. Like, my friends used to be like, your mom's so cool. I'm like, who mom? My mom? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that lady? No. 
but my mom was cool. Like, honestly, everybody loved her. There wasn't a room that she could not go in and demand your presence without even having to say a word. And I think that's where I get that from. Um, her spirit alone continued to fight as life, as she had to battle life's challenges. She was one of seven children. Um, my grandparents are both one of 14 and 15 people. Um, on on both sides on both sides of the family, my gr our grandfather and my grandmother um, on my dad and my mother's side. My mother is the youngest and and has a huge huge spirit, uh, God fearing, definitely a hard worker. I never known this woman not to work. I've never known this woman not to fight for her children. She stood up for us. She stood tall in her six inch heels while she stood six two. She 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 had an amazing voice. And oh, my mama could dress. When I tell you that woman could dress, <laughs> I think that's where I got that from. <laughs> but <laughs> I just love that lady. But we had life challenges. And being that my mother was given so much, she struggled as she got older with having to deal with life. And when I say that, my grandparents, you know, they had a huge mansion and all this. So when my mother had to deal with life, she didn't know how to balance life. So that's where the, the smoking came into play. And my mother ended up being a chain smoker for um, smoking tobacco. And it ended up being her downfall in life. And so, you know, like you said, once they get you, they got you. They got a customer for life. And growing up, the hard times was my mother having to fight against it. She tried to quit several times. She tried to quit several times and just could not do it. She tried to break it. She couldn't. When I got pregnant with my son, she tried to stop. She just couldn't do it. And eventually, December 26th of 2013, the day after Christmas, on Christmas, my mother was like energetic, full of life. The day after she completely collapsed and went into the hospital and went into a coma for about six months. The doctors told us to plan for her funeral, that she wasn't gonna be able to make it, that um, if she does make it, she'll be a vegetable. If we continue to fight, because they had to bring her back three times, one time they didn't think they were going to be able to bring her back at all. She was out for almost, I forgot, I want to say seven minutes. It was, it was the, some things you just never forget, right? Um, so as she just continued to fight, the doctors, I'll never forget the phone call I got. The doctor called me and told me that we took her off the sedation. We, we, we were letting her, but she's not coming to. Your mother is not coming to. And if she doesn't come to, we're going to have to take her off the machine. And I think while they were saying this, my mother's foot moved. And as they do the rounds, because she was in ICU, as they were doing the rounds, they said this. You know how the nurses are saying this. That nurse, my mom's nurse, ran to the phone and called me, get up here right now, your mom's foot moved. So I, I, I rushed up to the hospital. Uh-huh, baby. Um, I rushed up to the hospital, and um, when I got there, they, uh, they, uh, when I got there, they told us that we had to, um, they had, 
um, they told me that she wasn't, that they're surprised that she came to and they didn't know that why she came to. And I told them it was nothing but God. It wasn't her time to go because I did tell her in her ear that, uh, if, if you are ready and if you're tired, mama, understand, I've got my brothers. And she just continued to fight. And that was 2013. And my mother did not pass until 2019. And she came to, ended up coming home, in and out the hospital ever since. But I had to watch my mother deteriorate over the years from, from what tobacco has done to her body and to her lungs. And that went on for um, a few years, as you can see. But that woman continued to fight. That woman continued to fight no matter what. And she wanted to be here for us. She, she was able to see my daughter be born. She was able to be in the hospital for my daughter's birth, being able to connect with her and have those moments. But them last six years, we did everything. We did it all, wherever she wanted to go. Every festival, every family function, anytime she wanted to go shopping, my had my mother, she may have been in a wheelchair, but we was pushing her with our big hat for Easter. We bought her the suits, the fur, everything my mother wanted to do. We made sure she lived it up them last six, oh Jesus. Um, we made sure she lived it up them last few years, making sure she spent as much time with us as possible, doctor visits, everything. If I wasn't there, my brother was there. We made sure my mother had the best because she tried her hardest to do her best for us. And one thing I did learn from that is that parents are growing as they are having children. They are not completely grown. I used to be mad at my mother for certain things, but I, when I actually went through this, these motions and had to be there for the doctors and go check the nurses. If my mother called me, something was wrong. She had a cell phone in the room. She was calling me. I was rushing up there. I told my, uh, uh, my boss I had to go. That's part of the reason why I really went hard for getting rid of my job and leaped into poetry full time and nothing else. And so that I could be there for this lady. Like, honestly, I was going to make sure that I had her back the same way she had mine, no matter what my mother fought for me. Even when I was wrong, my mother fought for me. My mother stayed right by my side. She could have gave us up when we were sleeping in the cars. She could have walked away from us and left us with my aunties and everything else. No, my mother fought for us. We may have been in hotels. We may have been sleeping in the car, but whatever happened, my mother made sure her kids was right there by her side. She made sure we ate. She may not have ate, but she made sure we ate. And it, it could have been a bag of chips. I don't care. But my mother did that. And I, I, I thank that woman so much for everything she's done for me. Because of her, I fight the way that I fight through life. Because of her, I do not give up on my children. Because of her, I go as hard in the paint as I do. Because of her, I want to make sure children don't go down the same path that she went down with smoking. Because of her, I will never walk away from my kids. Because of her, I will continue to fight to the last breath of me. And when I had to go up to that hospital and they had to make me make the decision of pulling the plug of my mother, I held her until she took her last breath. I watched her take her last breath. So with that being said, I stood there by my side. That woman to me is my queen. And we can hear that in you, six footer. And again, we are so sorry for your loss. Your mom has left such a legacy for you. And we hear that in everything you just spoke about, the strength of how you speak of her and what's in you as you speak. So we 
appreciate that. We also hear it in your child as well, just the beauty of you being an amazing mom and carrying her spirit with you. So I know she's here today and we thank you for that. Now you have done continuously some amazing things in your life. So I have to ask you, what's next for you, Six Footer, professionally and personally? Well, right now I'm working on an audio book. Um, I have a lot of that going on, especially down to the schools, um, working with the different, the different youth, um, working with the different youth and trying to educate them um, as far as like the commercials go and putting things out and still hosting and um, pushing forth. I'm just pushing. I'm just not giving up. I ain't no telling where's, where this story goes. You know, I just, I have so much. I just would need people to tap in so that they can see, you know, I, I got so much that I want to do, trying to do, and going to do. <laughs> it's, it's so much that I, I, I just want to make a difference. That's what's next. Make the biggest impact ever. And I want everybody to know Six Foot of the Poet, Wanda's daughter. Yes. We all can hear you and see you. We love you. And that's such an amazing um, thing about you. Now, can you share with us one of your other pieces as a spoken word artist? I mean, Dr. Janie and I are just shaking, you know, just listening to the words, the beautiful words that you've spoken thus far in Breakfast with Champions, as well as other uh, platforms that we've heard you. But today, for those who are just coming in the room and those who will continue to follow you, we want them to hear the amazing spoken word voice you have. So can you please share with us an encore presentation and or one of your other pieces that you have? Mommy. Well, since we... <laughs> Since we're talking about my mama, I'm going to give you the poem that I wrote after my mother passed away. Hey, mommy, I'm having the hardest time dealing with your transition because it is you that I am missing. I am sitting here crying and wishing that I had one more hour with you. One more laugh with you. One more hug from you. Man, I'd give anything just to spend a little bit more time with you. I'd jump off this bridge right now for a minute that I could be with you. That's how much I love you. See, no other love will do. See, most people should tell you that they love you based off these conditions and then read off this list because the moment that you make them unhappy, sadly, that's when their conditions ends and their love for a new person begins. See, this definitely goes for lovers and even those that we call friends and family well. Let's not even begin. You see, I could go real deep with this, but I don't care about all that. I held your body until it was lifeless with no heartbeat, and it is messing with me. I promised you that I'd never leave you like you never left me, but this is something that I can't unsee, and I can't tell if it's my crown I should be wearing because I never let you down, but the machine beep, beep sound is giving me a headache, and I don't know how because I remember hearing that beep, beep pound until there was no more beep, beep sound, and the nurses came in and turned off the machines like it was just another round, no matter how hard I cried. You wouldn't respond to my sound. And I'm supposed to go on in life without you, and I don't know how. No longer will I hear you cheering me on from the crowd. I stayed by your hospital bed trying to figure out where did you go and how. I mean, I see your body, but there is no body in your body. How did we go from having so much hope to none? From fighting for your life to your body being done. From hugs and kisses to the sickness had won. 
See, I'd be a liar if I told you that I didn't know that you were tired. But mommy, I am selfish. I want you here. It is the way that I am wired. So now I gotta dig a little bit deeper just to reach a little bit higher because my heart wants to quit, but my soul is a fighter. You see, mommy, your transition is messing with me. I knew one day that this day would come, but I didn't know it would affect the way that I look at love. So can't nobody tell me that they love me unconditionally because no matter what I did or what I said, mommy, you showed me love unconditionally and their love stops when their needs and conditions leaves, which leaves me in a position still fishing and wishing for a love that has transitioned, you see. Mommy, your transition is messing with me. Wow, wow, wow. Mommy would certainly be proud of you. I mean, what we all just heard here in Breakfast with Champions is true legacy turning pain into purpose and turning it into art form and continuing, as Six Footer said earlier, she's giving it all that she has in this world and her purpose and her passion, we can hear it and being fueled and we couldn't hear that and not be touched and not think and be reflective of our own lives and our own legacies. So we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for opening up and sharing that beautiful, beautiful word in honor of your dear mommy. So Six Footer, please tell us, what can we do, Breakfast with Champions, Dr. Rowe and I, to, to support you and anything that you need as far as your, your efforts? What, what can we do to, to support you? Um, first off, I'm looking for a publisher. <laughs> um, I will tell you this. It's very simple. Pray that God continues to place the right people along my path so that I can continue to do his work. You've got that 100%. We promise to do that. We have a lot of connections on this stage as well. And I know someone listening will be there for you to help you and Breakfast with Champions will do all we can to make sure that you reach your goals and get to what you're trying to achieve. So thank you for sharing that part with us. We'd like to open up the um, opportunity for people on the stage and anyone that wants to raise their hand to give comments and ask questions. I see a lot of mic flashes, but before I call on these guys, I have y'all in order and Dr. Janie will be helping. I wanna give Glenn the opportunity to talk, but I also wanna give a name, kind of like a namesake. I'm going to say a person's sake because y'all are the same height. I want to give her an opportunity to speak if she's available as well. But first, Glenn, are you out on a run or are you there? Glenn may be out, so we'll get him to uh, directly contact or connect with you. I'm going to turn it over to Joy and see if she's there so she can speak with you. And then in this order, we will have trust then Ramon, and then King. So, Joy, are you there? I am six foot Oh, my gosh. One, it's an unspoken club that we all have. If you're over six feet tall as a female, we just, we make shoe contact before we make eye contact. 
We're like, yep, she's really a queen. I love it. What a beautiful share. I mean, for me, my mom's birthday was yesterday, and I remind her all the time that she is my deepest treasure. So just to hear the love in your voice for your mom was super touching. And I know that there were many of us who maybe just wanted to go hug our moms because we don't always have them um, around. So I just wanted to thank you for using your gift and your pain um, for a greater purpose. So keep shining sister. And I can't wait to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you so much, Joy. We appreciate that. And I know you guys are going to be heart-to-heart -heart sisters now with the six feet tall. I love it. Uh, now we have Trust in the queue, then Ramon, King, and then Judith. And I just brought up Angel. So we'll go in that order as time allows. So go ahead, Trust. Peace and balance to the room. Six footer, you are truly my little sister. I'm so proud of you. You called and you said, I don't have anybody to keep the kids. What do I do today? And I said, show up anyway. So it was just a pleasure to hear you navigate through the baby still wanting you, you still trying to be a mom, but still show up. And I admire that about you. But I have a question. If you could take a vacation anywhere in the world with the babies, where would you go? Fiji, Jerusalem. Fiji or Jerusalem. And why those two places? Fiji is the most beautiful thing that I've seen and then the spiritual connection with Jerusalem. Thank you. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much, Trust. Ramon, you're up next. Hey, thanks so much. Six Footer, great, great uh, discussion. Thank you, Dr. Janie and Dr. Rowe, for a great interview. I just wanted to encourage you, Six Footer, that you were asked, what can we do for you? In this room, those listening actively live now, those who will be listening, the thousands to the upcoming podcast are some of the most amazing people on the planet. If there's time, and if there's time for you to express this again, can I ask you to be a bit more selfish? And there's about 12 minutes left if Dr. Rowe and Dr. Jane will allow you or do it to their show. But to be more selfish and a bit more specific and ask for something specific, even ask for two or three things. You never know who's hearing it, what you may get in the mail, what you may get in the bank account, what you may get from Amazon. So be selfish, dream big, and why don't you restate what you need? Well, I will say that I need help with publishing honestly, um, trying to get to understand the difference between just doing an audio book or just putting out a book, figuring out where I should do the two different, um, trying to figure out if I should do either or that's has been, that has been my struggle a lot. Um, I am trying to, my mission is to travel more with, uh, being more connected with more poetry. Um, to different places across. So if there's ever anything to do as far as someone looking for someone to open up, someone looking to write a piece for anything, I literally write poetry for whatever the topic is on hand. I am able to create whatever I need to create for that moment. I've done poetry in front of courtrooms, inside the courtroom, city halls, funerals, birthday parties, um, TV, everything, and any connection with anyone that's looking for someone real theatrical. I want to do more acting. I want to be heard. I want to be seen. I want 
my stuff out there. I want as many connections as possible to connect with as many people as possible. I'm on different people's CDs. Uh, I've done so much. I want to do so much more. So far as everything goes, like anybody that knows anybody that wants to, looking for a poet for another CD or looking for a poet, spoken word artist that wants to open up for anything, um, I want to do it. Like, consider me. Think of me. Uh, I'm here. Anything I could bring my children to, I, I'm I'm down for it. I I just want to be heard. I want to be seen. I want people. I want to touch as many people as I possibly can. So to make that happen, publishing, CDs, whatever, acting, it all. Thank you, Six. But you you are a selfless person, and I have to reiterate what Ramon just said. He asked you to tell him what you wanted or needed monetarily or, like, tangibly, and you came back and said, I just need a publicist or I need to, more gigs and I want to be an actor, you know, want more, more um, acting. You never said, hey, I need money to travel or I need this. So... I, I, I'm going to let Ramon say or finish out what he's going to say before we go over to King, because I think he wants to know tangibly, what do you actually need? And that's why he asked that question to bless you. So I don't want you to block that blessing this way. Go ahead, Six Footer. Anybody that wants to back me up with helping me travel more with more um, my spoken word, because I have so many venues that I need to get to, but as a single mother anybody that wants to back me up or help contribute to this tour that I am putting together, I would greatly appreciate any donations towards that. Is that more specific? <laughs> no, what's Thank the you, number? Ramon, was that what you were looking for? Somebody else asked my question. Whoever, that what's beautiful the male number? voice, say it again. It was, it was mine. What is the number? I back messaged you six, stop playing. I said, what number I messaged you to be free to do what you want to do? What number is that? Man, I mean, because I don't no, have... No, just what number, boo? What number, six? What number, financially, do you say, God, I want this number right here so I can do your work? What number if is I, that? I, if, okay, I would say right now, 20000 Yep, there you go. No, <laughs> yearly. Your dream, your dream is bigger than 20000 Oh, no, I thought you said to back it to go do the tour. Um, yearly, yearly. What yearly amount, God, I want to make this a year. A million dollars a year, God, and I'm good. What number is that? Oh, Nick? yeah, definitely. That, that's well, that's well, on my vision we'll board. A number. million dollars a year, definitely. Well, say the number then. Hey, Dr. Rowe, can I say one more thing? King, do you mind if I jump in also? Can I have yes, two sir. minutes, Dr. Rowe, or too much? Yeah. Yes, go ahead, Ramon. And I, I just want to say to Six Footer, Six Footer, when you say out loud what your blessings are, God can hear you. Your mom can hear you. Everybody can hear you. And obviously Ramon heard it well, which is why he asked. We don't do like specific go, oh, let's just do a fundraiser here. This is Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Club. We make dreams happen sometimes. We make blessings happen. We also hear people and we just heard your amazing spoken words. So we want to make sure that we stand behind you in the dreams and goals that you have, no matter what that is. And I don't know who's on this stage that's hearing you or has the ability to help. But if you don't speak it, we don't know it. So I turn it back to you, Ramon, and then um, we're gonna get to Judith and then Angel with just seven minutes left here. Go ahead, Ramon. Yeah, all I wanted to say is Glenn did this and he, he exemplified this when Darian Sanders asked for $10,000. We raised $10,000 in less than two minutes. So 
I'm just going to, if you invoice me, I will send the first $500 towards your $20,000 tour. Let's start there. As King said, let's think for more, but I will send that invoice me and let's do that. I know time is short, so I'll stop right there. Invoice me. Ramon, I'll, I'll match you. Ramon, I'll match you. Boom. Wow. Done. God is good. Look at that. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Amelia. That was Amelia's amazing voice in the background. Um, that Ooh. just put a match. She's an amazing powerhouse as well and stands behind you. We appreciate you as well as Ramon. Thank you so much. King, was that all you had to say or did you have a comment? I got a comment, Dr. Rose. You right when you was telling the truth about your mama. You hard-headed. Stop being hard-headed and get your blessing while your mama trying to bless you right now. Hard-headed self. Second of all, publisher. I already sent you a publisher, so you ain't even got to worry about that. Noah's Ark Publishing. Um, he published my book right now already. He Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.